The Australian Open preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the NBA Gambling Podcast MLK Day Bingo Boards. A $100 gift card for every bingo hit. Details exclusively on the SGPN app. unfolded. Were you there? Were you caught sight? For the drama. The tension. This is your Australian Open 2023 tennis preview here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can also follow my Twitter account. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That is the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That's my premium pay service that has delivered 115 months in a row of transparent profit. The pinned tweet on that Twitter account is always the P&L, the profit and loss spreadsheet from the previous month. And at the moment, you can see the month of December, and that does feature all of the World Cup futures. So you can see how we did during the World Cup. That is also the same handle for my TikTok and my Instagram as well. I'm the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast, and you can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. So moving on with your Australian Open preview, it's 24 hours later than I intended it to be. That's because I did not intend to lose my voice at the Manchester Derby on Saturday morning. Manchester United getting the victory over Manchester City. This is actually remarkably better than it was on Saturday and even yesterday. So this has required a lot of um, coffee, water and honey to try and get it to this point so I can at least speak competently enough to do the show obviously it's not great obviously it's not ideal it's probably not fun to listen to you could probably hear the suffering as I'm trying to get the show done but I want to get it done before the first round completes yesterday we had the first lot of matches for one side of the draw with Rafa Nadal advancing through the first round against Draper but now we have the second lot of matches where Novak Djokovic begins his revenge tour here for the Australian Open. If you recall what happened last year, if you don't know, you have to be living under a rock or just not interested in tennis, which makes me question why you're listening to the show. That he was deported 
at the last minute after being given permission to come to Australia. He was then deported over his vaccine status or detained initially and then deported and was not allowed to play the tournament. This allowed Rafa Nadal to edge ahead in the Grand Slam, in the Grand Slam count. And Rafa Nadal then went on to win the French Open as well, going to Claire of Novak. Novak then went on to win Wimbledon. Novak did not play at the US Open, so he enters this trailing Rafa Nadal by one. But given the recent form and given his motivation going into this event, it's very hard to look past Novak Djokovic winning it. And the bookies agree. He is the 10 to 11 favourite to win this year's US Open. The second favourite is Daniel Medvedev, who also advanced yesterday. He's at 5 to 1. You then have Rafa Nadal at 10 to 1. Stefanos Tsitsipas is available at 14 to 1. Taylor Fritz at 14 to 1. Janik Sinner, 16 to 1. Holger Run, 16 to 1. Felix, oh yeah, Alias Sim at 18 to 1. Kasper Rudd, 25 to 1. Sebastian Corder, 14 to 1. Alexander Zarev, 50 to 1. Cameron Nuri, 50 to 1. Matteo Berrettini, 50 to 1. And everybody else is 80 to 1 or bigger. So who is a dark horse here? Who has a chance of stopping Novak Djokovic from winning this Australian Open and tying up the Grand Slam count with Rafa Nadal? Well, straight off the bat, I don't think anybody does. I think this is Djokovic's tournament. This is Djokovic's court. He specialises here on this Australian hard court. He has dominated this tournament when he actually plays in it last year. It opened up for Nadal because Djokovic wasn't in it. And the last thing you need is for Djokovic to be extra motivated. And uh, with that extra motivation, he is a massive threat here in this tournament, especially considering the one player that I felt like could give Novak a game. The one player who I felt like was a dangerous opponent because of his big serve and because he would have the crowd behind him was Nick Kyrgios, who Djokovic would have faced in the quarterfinal. Nick Kyrgios this morning withdrew from the tournament. So it's probably a good thing that we waited because I think I would have had some action on Kyrgios at least reaching that quarterfinal. And I also liked a bet on uh, Kyrgios to be eliminated at the quarterfinal stage at the hands of Djokovic. That was available at around about three to one. But ultimately now, Kyrgios isn't there. This goes along with um, Carlos Alcaraz, who was also a big threat in my opinion, because he looks like a future world number one. He's already got a grand slam to his name after winning the US Open. He was a threat too, but he withdrew a few weeks before the tournament. So that took Djokovic from a plus money price to around about the price of even money, 10 to 11. And now, as we're recording this podcast, with the withdrawal of Nick Kyrgios giving Djokovic a far easier path through to the semi-finals, his price has shortened in some places at around about 4 to 5, minus 125. So it's very difficult for me to see past Djokovic. Looking through the rest of the draw, here is why. Daniel Medvedev, he seems to get through the early stages of the Grand Slam. He seems to get through to the second week. But as soon as he faces a top opponent, Daniel Medvedev cannot seem to see it through at a Grand Slam. He has the game, he has the ground strokes, he has the serve, but he doesn't seem to have the mentality to be able to add more Grand Slams to his tally. Rafa Nadal is the third favourite. He's having to overcome um, a lot of injuries and poor form coming into this tournament, but we've seen 
a different version of Nadal at Grand Slams. He seems to flick a switch and I still think he'll be a threat and I still think he's too big at 10 to 1 and I think he's very, very big to win his quarter as well. But we'll talk more about that when we get there. Stefanos Tsitsipas, he has the same Grand Slam problems as Daniel Medvedev. Taylor Fritz has the game to compete here in this tournament, but I'm a little bit concerned by the way that he allowed himself to be beaten by Rafa Nadal at Wimbledon. He was in a very commanding position. Rafa Nadal was injured, injured to the point where he withdrew and did not play his semi-final at Wimbledon after getting past Taylor Fritz. And um, that was very, very concerning for Taylor Fritz fans because if he couldn't beat an injured Rafa Nadal, how is he supposed to go all the way in a Grand Slam? Ultimately, other than Nadal or Djokovic, who are just mentality monsters, I do think Taylor Fritz has the capacity to beat anybody in this draw. And perhaps he could be a front runner for his quarter. Again, something we'll talk about when we get there. Janik Sinner, he definitely has the game to win slams in the future. He's still a little bit young. He's still a little bit weak for me in the serve department in order to win a lot of free games, the free games that you'll need to win a slam, especially at this type of surface on the hard court. But I still think he'll be a threat. Nobody's going to want to play him. Holger Run, this could be a big year for him. Had a very, very good 2022. Felix Ager Alassim, he hasn't really kicked on. He's been talked about for quite a few years as being somebody who would progress and break into that top five and maybe even that top three, but he hasn't so far. Kasper Rudd, I think, is overpriced here. I think in 2022, he showed us that he wasn't just this clay court player. I think his um, run at the uh, US Open showed us that as well. So I think that Kasper Rudd is a little bit big here at the price of 25 to 1. And then, of course, you have Sebastian Corder here at 40 to 1. That's a big price on him with his um, with his big serve. He has the game to do well at this tournament. And uh, Alexander Zverev, if he's fit, he could be a runner here. But I think it's a tournament too early from here for him coming back from injury. But there is a play I do like on Alexander Zverev here in this tournament. Cameron Norrie, I don't think he has the overall game. We saw how he was um, disposed of quite comfortably by Novak Djokovic in the Wimbledon semi-final. So I think that's his level. I think. Getting to a quarterfinal, final four will be as far as uh, Cam Norrie gets in his career. And Matteo Berrettini, again, if it wasn't for Novak Djokovic, he probably would have some grand slams. He definitely has the game to to get something done here at the Australian Open or at Wimbledon or at the US Open. But ultimately, he's been struggling with some injuries and some form as of late. Um, but I do think Matteo Berrettini will be somebody that nobody wants to play. And uh, his big game should get him through at least a couple of rounds here in this tournament. And uh, we'll talk more about that in a second when we get to that as well. So so I'm trying to make a case here for as many people as I possibly can. But in the outright market, I think there's only one way to go. I think you go with Novak. I cannot see anybody else winning this competition. Looking around for other bets, you're really trying to pick out here who wins a quarter or a, a person to reach a certain round. These are the type of bets that we will primarily be discussing here as I cannot see past Djokovic winning the tournament. So let's move on to those quarters. Quarter one sees Daniel Medvedev as the even money favourite to win it. Rafa Nadal has shortened slightly. He's at 5-2. to two. It was at 11-4 if we'd done it yesterday. Sebastian Corda has shortened slightly as well. He was at 10-1 to one yesterday. He's now at 9-1. to one. 
Uh, Francis Tierfo, 12 to 1. Denis Shapovalov, 14 to 1. Herbert Husk, 14 to 1. And everybody else is bigger than 20 to 1. In a matchup between Rafa Nadal and Daniel Medvedev, I would be taking Rafa Nadal. He's shown that he can beat Medvedev on the big stage. Of course, Medvedev has the game, the perfect game for the US Open and the Australian Open, and he should be winning this quarter. His world ranking tells you he should be winning the quarter. His age tells you he should be winning the quarter. But to get Rafa Nadal here at 5-2, to two, knowing that he can flick that Grand Slam switch, for me, I think there's a lot of value here on the selection. I also like the look of Sebastian Corder. He has everything to become a top five player, all the weapons in his arsenal. Whether he can go on to be that remains to be seen, but there have been glimpses of him being a top player, and I think he could be worth a sprinkle here at the current price of nine to one. Moving on to quarter two, we have Janik Sinner here as the favourite at two to one. Then we have Stefanos Tsitsipas at twenty-one to ten, so the slight second favourite here for this quarter. Felix Aguirre Alassim is at 12 to 5. Cameron Norrie is at 11 to 2. Everybody else is bigger than 28 to 1. So the books are seeing a four horse race here, and I agree. Stefanos Tsitsipas should have the game here to get through, but it's his mentality that is an issue. Looking back at how he was beaten at Wimbledon by Nick Kyrgios, that was a a complete meltdown. He could not hang with Kyrgios, but it's difficult to hang with Kyrgios when Kyrgios hits that gear. Kyrgios has that gear and therefore has the capacity to win Grand Slams. The fact that he hasn't probably makes Kyrgios the most wasted talent in tennis at the moment because the fact he hasn't won one is just incredible with the ability that he has but but Stefanos Tsitsipas was ultimately matching Kyrgios blow for blow on that day until Kyrgios got in his head and Tsitsipas had the meltdown so I think that Tsitsipas should be coming through this quarter um, I'm looking to oppose Janik Sinner as the favourite Felix Oger Aliasim is another one that's interesting. He has the game to go further than he has done, but we've been saying that for such a long, long time, which makes me hesitant to back him. If I was to back him, I'd be wanting a better price than 12 to 5. Cam Norrie's going to be consistent. Cam Norrie's going to be difficult to beat. And if the likes of uh, Tissipas and Felix Aguirre Alassim succumb to upsets somewhere in the draw, losing to somebody that they shouldn't do, then the draw will open up for Cameron Norrie. And Cameron Norrie, I don't think, is going to lose to an underdog. He's the type of player that seems to win those games consistently and uh, it will take a Tissipas or a Janik Sinner to beat him. So I think Cameron Norrie is a live underdog here for quarter two. Moving on to quarter three, this is Novak's quarter. He is now clear at one to four and I don't really feel that anybody else is worth discussing here. Holger Rune is available at 5-1, Rublev 14-1, Alex Dimonier at 18-1, who's the home hometown boy, home home country boy. But um, everybody else is bigger than 25-1, and I think that is valid. I don't see anybody stopping Novak Djokovic winning here, and I think even at 1-4 minus 400, he doesn't really warrant being a parlay piece. Quarter four, very interested in this quarter in particular. Taylor Fritz heads it up here at the price of two to one with Kasper Rudd here at 10 to three. Alexander Zerev is available at five to one. Matteo Berrettini at six to one. Roberto Batista Agut, 14 to one. And everybody else is bigger than 18 to one. 
So Taylor Fritz with his game is the worthy favourite to win this quarter. But I do think Kasper Rudd is a little bit too big. After getting to the final of the US Open, I think he's shown everybody that he isn't just a clay court player. Otherwise, he wouldn't be ranked coming to this tournament as the number two player in the world. So I do think they are big odds on him. But in a one-to-one matchup in the in the quarterfinal, if it happens, I would be leaning towards Taylor Fritz to get past him. Before Kasper Rudd does get through to that quarterfinal, though, he may have to face Matteo Berrettini, who on his day can serve anybody not named Rafa Nadal or Novak Djokovic off the court. So it's a tough, tough draw. Quarter four looks the toughest section to get out of. I would lean Taylor Fritz. I do think he is the right favourite here. But there are other bets I like in this quarter better. And we will discuss them shortly. Before we do that, let me tell you guys first about Winbet. Because Winbet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet is active in a bunch of states. And there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus... The NFL playoffs are here and over at Winbet, you'll get great promos, odds and payouts and they are happening right now. So if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer, bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W. Y-N-N-B-E-T. It offers subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 older and present in the state where paper winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let me also tell you guys about the NBA MLK Day contest. The NBA Gambling Podcast is doing a special basketball bingo giveaway for all the games happening on MLK Day. All you have to do is subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube page and then click the sign-up link in the app. Get all the links exclusively on the SGPN app. God, my voice is killing me. So moving on with the other markets that I wanted to discuss, I want to move on to the reach the round market, player to reach a certain round. This is not the stage of elimination. This wins once a player reaches a certain round. So let's start with Alexander Zerev, a player I'm very interested in this tournament. Alexander Zerev is at 1-16 to 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 reach the second round, and he's at 9-1 to to not reach the second round. This essentially means that he's at 9-1 to to lose in the first round. He's at 1-2 to to reach the third round, and at 13-8 to to not reach the third round. He's at 10 to 11 to reach round four. And he's at 10 to 11 to not reach round four. So for him to lose his bet, he would have to lose in the first, second or third round or to win it. He would have to be there in the round of 16, meaning meaning he has to win three matches to cash this selection available at 10 to 11 minus 110. And it gets bigger. He's at three to one to reach the quarterfinal, five to one to reach the semifinal. And 25 to 1 to reach the final. I've picked him out in particular because he's a very, very interesting watch for me. Prior to him getting injured, he was reaching a level where I felt like he could genuinely compete 
for the Grand Slams. I felt like that he was on the cusp of winning a Grand Slam. I felt like he was dealing with his previous mental issues, which now seem to be more of a factor for Tsitsipas and Daniel Medvedev. Now, at any time, Zverev can have those issues again. I don't think that they are completely solved, but I did think that he was a dangerous opponent and he was very, very unlucky to get his injury. It was very sad to see him going off crying and having to withdraw from the tournament. And uh, he's come back from that. And obviously, these prices reflect him not being 100%. But despite the fact that he's not 100%, clearly, I do feel that he'll still be able to have an impact here in quarter four. I feel like Zarev can reach the second week. I feel that the draw is favourable enough for him to win three matches and to reach the fourth round where he would then face a very difficult task, most likely against Taylor Fritz. But of course, if Taylor Fritz isn't there, and Taylor Fritz did have a very poor showing in the US Open, so we're not talking about players like Djokovic and Nadal and Medvedev who just breeze past these early rounds. These players are susceptible to an upset. They're not, they've not long been in these seeded positions in the top eight or 16 seeds. So he is susceptible to an upset. But if he does get there, um, I don't feel that Sasha Zarev at this stage of his recovery has the game to beat him. But I do feel that he's able to obviously get past his first round match. I do feel he'll be able to get past uh, David Goffin, if that, if that's who he ends up playing. And I also feel that he'll be able to beat Diego Schwarzman if, of course, Schwarzman goes through. We do have Jordan Thompson in that part of the draw and the with the home crowd behind him. He could emerge as a potential third round opponent for Alexander Zarev. But I like Zarev in all these matchups. I know he's early on in his recovery, but he still has his game and he still has more ability than these players. And if he can keep the um, the matches short, if he can get off court in three or four sets, I definitely believe he has a chance of reaching the second week. But I don't believe he can move any further than that. Which brings me on to Taylor Fritz. As I do think Fritz will be able to get past Zerev, I do like Fritz to reach the quarter final. For him to reach the semi final, which is him winning the quarter, he will have to get past either Kasper Rudd or whoever else comes through that part of the draw. It could be Kasper Rudd, it could be Matteo Berrettini, but it could be somebody else. But if it is Berrettini or Rudd, that is a difficult game for Fritz. I fancy him more against Kasper Rudd than I do against Matteo Berrettini. So rather than taking him to win the quarter, I would rather take the plus money on him to reach the quarterfinal, which is available at six to five. He's at one to 25 to reach round two, two to nine to reach round three. He's at four to seven to reach the fourth round, but he's at plus money six to five to reach the quarterfinal. And I do like that bet here on Taylor Fritz. Staying with quarter four, it was a quarter that I did tell you it was a quarter that I liked, so we'll continue to discuss it. Matteo Berrettini is available at 10 to 11 just to reach the third round. Now, I find this very, very interesting. He's coming up against Andy Murray in the first round. Now, Andy Murray seems to be over his injury issues now. Obviously, he's just at an older age, and that's obviously always going to affect you on the tennis court. But Andy Murray is probably playing the best tennis he has played in a while. But despite that, 
I don't think that he's able to beat Matteo Berrettini. I still think Berrettini has such a good game for, for hardcore tennis. I believe he will go far here in this year's Australian Open. And I believe he'll be able to get past Murray. I think that Matteo Berrettini is, is set up for a run. And um, the price of 10 to 11 for him to reach the third round just needs him to essentially beat Andy Murray and then to beat the winner of um, Kanakis and Fanini. Now, both of those are good players and Kanakis will have the crowd behind him. But ultimately, I think Matteo Berrettini has the game to get past all of them. So what you're essentially betting here is for Matteo Berrettini to get past Andy Murray and then for Matteo Berrettini to beat the winner of Kanakis and Fanini. And you're getting that at 10 to 11. So it's a it's a two-legged parlay, essentially. And I think at 10 to 11 on someone like Berrettini, who has a big game, he has been to Grand Slam finals, that does offer some great value. So is it six to four to reach the fourth round? He's at three to one to reach the quarterfinals, six to one to win his quarter, which would mean reaching the semis, and a huge 25 to one to reach the final. I'm going to take him to reach round three as my best bet at 10 to 11. And that is actually going to be your lock here on this show. So once again, your free lock on this show is going to be for Matteo Berrettini to reach the third round of the Australian Open, which means he has to win his first two matches. And that is available at 10 to 11 minus 110. If you don't have the market, then I would recommend taking him to beat Andy Murray and then putting all of that on to the next match. So essentially a parlay, the way a parlay works, and it's crazy I have to explain this, is that you take all of the winnings and the stake from one selection and put it onto another. So if you can't get it straight off the bat, if you can't just get him to advance to round three, then bet the Murray game individually and then bet all of that on the next game individually and that will be the same way to bet it. So that concludes your Australian Open preview. I'll be back next week with a futures update, but to get all of my selections, head over to lockbetting.com. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.